Praise God. Would you maybe just close your eyes again as you're seated there? Pray to the Lord Jesus, thy will be done today. God, in your name, let your will be done, Father. We seek after you, Jesus. Why don't you stand? Come on. Let's just have a time, a season of prayer here. Lord Jesus, you are good to me. You are good to me, Jesus. You're my Father and you love me. You're my caretaker, Lord Jesus, my provider, my healer, God. All that I need, I find it in you, Jesus. You're the way maker, Lord Jesus. You are powerful. You are excellent, majestic, mighty, righteous. You are awesome, Lord Jesus. There is not enough to be able to describe you, God, and how awesome you are and how excellent you are. Jesus, your name reigns above all other. There is no other name like the name of Jesus. There is no other name like the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Please be seated. So nice to be here. I feel like I'm at a little reunion. So many faces from our past over the years. I want to tag on to something. Elder Flowers was sharing about the weather. We moved to Puyallup in 1995 and experienced 100 days of rain. I didn't think that was possible. Without a stop, every day it rained for 100 days. I didn't even think about it. We were so focused on what we were doing there. The weather was a sideshow. Now, there's been a time or two where the weather's got to me. I had to refocus, reprioritize, amen, and did. There was a time when the people of Israel, yeah, Israel, people of the land, begin to credit a God for the weather. They celebrated him. For their harvest. Because of the rain they said came from him. Baal. B-A-A-L. Baal. If you want to know what the spirit of Baal is, do a search on one of Brother Berglund's teachings on Baal. He's done it. And they credited Baal for the weather and God looked on. <laughs> We're not going to let this continue any longer. Elijah, at your words, it's not going to rain. I'm shutting the faucet off. And Elijah spoke a few words. And it didn't rain for a couple of days. A couple of months. Went on for years. 
And so this was what brought the showdown between 450 prophets of Baal and one prophet Elijah on Mount Carmel over the issue of weather and who was responsible for it or not. I'm, I haven't read it recently, and so I can only highlight a few things. But it was upon that mountain that they, there was a challenge, and it was, it was shared that they would bring two bullocks and offer a sacrifice, both the prophets of Baal and the prophet Elijah. He said, you go first. And the prophets of Baal cut up the sacrifice. They killed it. They cut it up. They had built an altar there and they offered it on the altar and they began to cry out, Oh, Baal! Oh, Baal! Rain! Rain! Send rain! Oh, wait. Elijah said, no, he's not going to answer by rain. He's going to answer by fire. The God that answers by fire, he is God. And so the, uh, the prophets of Baal, they're going on and on. And then, uh, you know, Elijah can't help himself. He's probably in Miami on vacation. He's on the beach. Cry louder. Obey, obey. And then they got desperate. They started cutting themselves. And I don't. I don't know what spirit or the influence spiritually that operated through the ministry of Baal through his prophets. But when a people begin to start cutting themselves, I'd have to say that there is spiritual inspiration involved in their life that's not of God. It ain't a grade school thing. And so, it was Elijah's turn. He said, boys, get those four barrels, fill them full of water, and bring them and pour them on the sacrifice. Four more barrels. Four more, more barrels. Sixteen barrels of water. I, I get the idea he was trying to make a point. And fire came down and licked up the water out of the trenches and consumed the sacrifice. And all the question was answered. Of course, then, there, then the battle was on with those 450 prophets, false prophets. I never read in Scripture of any weather event that is simply a natural disaster. I mean, I'm saying from the Bible, not the almanac, not science for tomorrow, 
I'm saying that when I read in the scripture, God was always involved. You know, it was a Christmas, and my wife and I were in a hotel in Seattle when the news came on and said there was a wave of water traveling against Indonesia from out of the ocean and against Indonesia. It looked terrible. There was tragedy that was happening, and then they were started counting lives, and they didn't stop counting. And the later end of the night, as you remember, it went to 200,000 lives. And, and somehow we struggle with the idea because, you know, churches all over town say, well, you know, God's love, just come with love, just love. And do you know that judgment comes? By the love of God. Why would God instruct a parent to correct a child? It's through love. I'm correcting you because I love you. Man, I I don't know where all this is coming from here. I got a call from a gentleman one day, and he was telling me about a difficult situation he's having, pastor in California, closely related. And he's telling me about a couple of families that moved in and some problems that have developed in the process. And, and I'm trying to do all I can to keep them. I said, stop it. What do you mean? What do you mean? I said, you got one guy who's got a sour attitude and he's affecting everybody. This family and that family. Sit him down and tell him. Straight. He did, and then he texted me the next week. Wow. (laughs) Should have done that a long time ago. Uh, All I said was, look, you got to be honest with him. He said, I love the guy. I said, you love him when you're honest with him, and you tell him, look, you're being a jerk. And this is how it's affecting this family, this family, and your family. Stop being a jerk. Wait a minute, we're in church. No, we're in school. Wow, now, praise the Lord. (laughs) What I want to talk about is the anointing. So let's get that house sleeping out of the way. The anointing. I experienced anointing for the first time when I was playing in a rock and roll band. Grade school. Seventh, middle school. And I played at one of the school dances. And my mother came to me and said, Son, you don't have to sing that loud. I said, loud? What do you mean loud? Well, you know, whatever it is that you're doing. See, she got the Holy Ghost when she was 16, living out in White Swan. And what she was feeling when I was singing, she did not like. It wasn't the volume. It was the spirit and the anointing on me. To sing Alice Cooper songs. 
That was my first experience. Well, it was not too many years later, I came to Washington, ended up at an altar in an apostolic church, received the Holy Ghost, and then they said, hey, we'd like for you to sing. And I thought, no, 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 no. I can't. I can't do that. I was so afraid that I, had, I wasn't far enough away from the spirit of the world, even though I had received the Holy Ghost, I didn't want any chances of that coming over me again when I was trying to sing for the Lord. It was just me. It was just me. I got over it. I got over it. And then I gave myself, as they asked me to, to lead worship, sing songs, do whatever. And then I actually took it further. I said, I'm not singing at weddings anymore. Matter of fact, I'm not sure if I'm going to sing at another funeral. I didn't want to sing anywhere that I wasn't worshiping God. I didn't want to entertain. So what I realized was that was a separating process that God was leading me in. There were other areas in my life that he was saying, pull back from that. Stop doing that. Don't do that anymore. You know, something happened recently. Let me show you. This is in the last two weeks. I realized something. I have a download on my phone on the music part, so I don't have to be on Wi-Fi. I don't have to be anywhere. I can listen to it anytime. And I, I'll put headphones on. And uh, it's Charity Gale. Now, we know Charity Gale. We know where she comes from. We know her doctrine. We know her life, at least in prior years. I don't know where she's headed. But there's an anointing on her that is quickly recognizable with my spirit. And so what I started doing was I shut everything out. All I do is listen to Charity Gale. So what I'm doing is I'm experiencing anointing. All the time, all the time, all the time, all the time. The other day, I turned on 105.3. Ick. And I thought, okay, let's shut that off. Wait for the next song. Another song comes on. Turn it on. Ick. And, and I went through three or four songs, and I realized, okay, I'm done with that channel. Why wasn't it like that before? See, I had pressed back. I had pushed back. I'd separated out and said, I want to feel this anointing anytime I'm listening to Christian music. Well, the only one that I could tag with that that I knew for sure that would make it as easy was just to turn on that music. Spiritual sensitivity comes through use. Discernment comes through use. Now, anointing. I want, to, let's, I want to talk about the anointing. So I'm reminiscing because of faces here today. We used to meet in a building down here in Wapato that was a little bit on the ragtag end of things. Busted windows, no air conditioning. It was crude. It was rough. But I'm telling you, when I would walk in there and take the mic, there would come an anointing that would pierce the darkness. 
And it was like every time, and I'm thinking, what is with this? This is interesting. It's interesting how the trouble people go to to make beautiful, beautiful temples to worship it. My experience. Now, let me tell you, I'm going to tell you one other time that came to me while I was thinking about this. We did a street meeting years ago. They tore down buildings in the center of Yakima on on the avenue. They put in a little park. It was owned by Mike Mercy. He was the big real estate owner downtown. He was killed in an airplane crash. I met with Mike Mercy, and I said, hey, we'd like to do a meeting in the park under that thing. Can you turn on the power so we can plug in and do a little, you know, Sure, that's no problem. We'll do that for you, you know. So we go down there. We're just a small kind of a ragtag group. Were you there? Plugged in some equipment. And I am telling you, I have said this through the years. The strongest anointing I have ever felt in my life happened under that little gazebo that night. There were people, maybe you remember, well, the mall's still there. There used to be a bar downstairs in the mall. Is it still there? How do you know? <laughs> there were people that came from downstairs in the basement of the mall, outside and said they would drive around and they would park in the shade of the tree and roll their window down. They didn't want us to know they were there and they were interested, but they were interested and they were there. They told us later, we could hear you inside the mall in the basement. And I'm thinking, that ain't physically possible. But the realization then came was the anointing of God puts wings on the spirit and word of God. And it can transcend the natural world. So when we have prayer meetings here, we don't know how far the reach is. When they did this in a woman's house, Peter was in an inner prison. Inner prison. And the angels of God went in and brought him out. And the Bible ties the two together because it says, but the church was praying. In this house. I want the anointing in my life. Now, I have had lots of years to observe. And here's an observation. As people have become more, I'm going to use the word, consecrated. Now, that may be separated. Here's the easy way to say it. Less entertainment. Less Netflix. Maybe no Netflix. But as people begin to, and what I, I told you what I did about the music thing, okay, and discerned a difference. People who become more consecrated to God by saying, I just don't want to do that anymore. I want to pursue the Lord. I want to seek first his kingdom. I want to pursue God. I want to read my Bible. I want to listen to this kind of music, and I don't want to just fill myself. With entertainment. Because I promise you, those two spirits collide. 
All right? You know, nobody told me to do, stop doing stuff in my life. I mean, they told me to quit smoking and carousing and drinking beer, you know. But they didn't say anything a whole lot more, but they did teach me the principle of consecrating to the Lord. And I've, it's been through the years that just seems like there's, you know, another few years goes by and there's just something else. I'm, I'm dropping off. <laughs> I used to love the news. Well, what could that possibly be a problem? And then I became selective with one channel. And then I noticed that channel was starting to become like that channel. And I thought, I'm knowing this channel too. I'm just, just pushing back. Now, I'm going to tell you something. From my perspective, I have experienced greater anointing and ministry in my life at this late stage of the game than I ever have. It ain't about being young. It ain't about being strong. It is about being consecrated. And the things that God will open up to an individual in their life as they separate unto the Lord. You know, that's what true repentance is. It is turn to God. It's not just turn away, it's turn to. And in the process of turning to, it puts everything else on my back. You know, there's no list. I can't give you a list and say, look, you know, go down through this list, you know, and and start checking some of these things off. You know, cut these things out of your life and start doing these things on this side of the list. There's no list. They that are led. By the Holy Ghost, by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. And so when, when the Lord begins to deal with you, here's what happens. I've, I've been watching this for a long time. People who respond to conviction, conviction is a good thing. Condemnation is a bad thing. It's a heavy thing. It's that oppressive thing. By the way, it's Grays County. It's Hoquiam. It's Bremerton. That's the center point. (laughs) What was I saying? What was I saying? Conviction. Conviction is positive. That's God saying, come up a little higher. Come closer. Condemnation is when I resist the conviction. I don't want to do that. I like this. There's no reason. You you can't tell me any good reason. You see, that's reasoning. That's mental. Spirit. And so if I resist the conviction of the Lord... Here's what happens. Wow, you know, we were in church the other day and, you know, Elder was preaching and he, he was reading this scripture and, you know, I, I wasn't sure, but I felt like the Lord was talking to me about this thing. You're talking to a friend, you know. Well, that doesn't make any sense. 
I don't know anybody else. You're just handy because you're right here. And what happens is, is you, a person will say, oh, well, yeah, okay, right. Forget about that. Won't even give it another thought. And here's what happens with condemnations. People's conscience becomes seared. Lose feeling. Where there was a sensitivity to that conviction, it becomes seared. I can't even feel it anymore. Wow, we've all witnessed some folks like that. Their spirit of witness becomes dull, dry, empty. I'm talking about believers. But when I feel conviction and it causes me to want to concentrate, not concentrate, consecrate unto the Lord, I'm giving this up to you, Lord. Then my discernment becomes sharper. My hearing of the voice of the Lord becomes clearer. And the anointing on my life becomes greater. Greater. There were some old people. Really old people. Happened to be believers. Older than me. I'm young. Ish. Till you see me get out of my car. I need about 20 steps. I become more fluid. <laughs> Something about the whole hip thing, man. I don't know. So, these old people, they were old. They were gray. They were apostolic. They, there was a piano in the house, and one of them sat down at the piano and began to play an old song. They started singing the old song in a house, in a neighborhood. Knock comes at the door. They open the door and there's a man standing there and he's trembling and he says, I don't know why I was walking past this house. I felt something draw me in and I just thought I should come and knock the door and they said, well, come on in. They laid hands on him and prayed him through the Holy Ghost. Went back to singing songs. Those old people singing those old songs. Pretty soon there's another knock at the door. Some lady says, I was driving through the neighborhood in my car. I don't know why, but when I looked up at your house, something told me to stop and that I should come and knock on the door. Come on in, honey. And those old people, those old apostolic people with such an anointing on their life, it transcended the sidewalk. It transcended the streets of their city. And conviction came over souls. 
And God filled them with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Got them, brought them to a place of redemption. So what do you want to do next time you get that little tug? Yes, Lord. What is it? Sit down a minute. I'd just like to talk to you about something. Yes, Lord. It's the anointing that breaks the yoke. I want the anointing operating in my life. Whatever I got to do, whatever I got to give up, whatever I got to consecrate, whatever it is that I need to turn from and turn closer to him. I want to live there. I want to be there because I want the anointing in my life, not to bring me any glory, but that there is a draw on the souls of mankind. the anointing it's super natural it's above the natural realm it transcends the natural world concrete can't stop it bricks can't stop it how many wants the anointing operating in your life Every day, all day, all night. The real anointing of God doesn't sleep. It's all night. We're just the vessel. We have a treasure in an earthen vessel. Why don't you stand? It is a treasure. It is a gift of life. This is where the quick word comes from. The quickened word. That means the alive word. The living word comes from. That comes out of our mouth. When we're praying. When we're singing. When we're chatting at the coffee shop. It is a quick alive expression of God because its origin is in the Spirit of God. The anointing flows through that. Do you want me to play the organ? I can't. Anybody want to is there any conviction in the house? That is the Spirit of God saying, Come closer. Abide in me, and I'll abide in you. If there is, I'd like to open this altar. I'd like to give you an opportunity, a place. I know you can pray in your seat, but I don't know, there's something that breaks when you kind of. Just step out. I believe God wants to bring a greater anointing into people's lives. And he just wants you to know that. And 
Maybe for some, he wants to bring a pure anointing in your life. I had an anointing. It was not the anointing of God. But when I received the baptism of the Holy Ghost and began to surrender, surrender, surrender my life to him, there was a pure anointing that came into my life. That's the one that I wanted to be a part of. When I came to the Lord, I was in Amway. I went to some Amway meetings, and they'd announce the speaker, and they'd stand up and clap for 15, 20 minutes. Wow, I was nervous about that. Very, very nervous about that. Because I had already turned my heart to God, and I loved the Lord. And to me, that really felt like worship to me. And so I was in a quandary because I, it was like I was brand new and I'd come to church and people would want to clap their hands into the Lord. And it was like. I didn't want the world to collide in here. That was also when I made a decision. I called my upline direct and said, I'm out. What's the matter? What's the matter? What happened? It's okay. It's okay. Psalms 1. Blessed is he that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. And their first line was counsel up line, counsel up line, counsel up line. Don't talk to anybody else. Counsel up line. Get counsel. And then I went to one of their upline meetings and I thought... Uh, no. They sealed it though when they said to me, if your pastor doesn't get into this business, he's a loser. <laughs> okay. See, see. Oh, you'll be back. You'll be back. Sometimes we have to sever. You know, our associations are so important. And as a new believer that I was, new, young in the Lord, it brought me to a place of having to not just push back, but cut off some of my associations. Because the ongoing dialogue that was constantly confronting what I was now learning as the truth was uh, causing a conflict. And I realized, nobody told me to do it. I realized, I can't, I can't do this well. Let me tell you the most miserable person in the world. The one on the fence. The one that hasn't made. That was the part that I didn't say earlier that I felt so strongly. How, how long halt ye between two opinions? Because when you're conflicted internally, it just you never go one way or the other wholeheartedly.
we're all faced with it. We have to make those choices. I was a, a loner. I had one friend. His name was Rick. We got our driver's license together. We raced around the neighborhood in our mother's cars before we got our licenses. And we played tennis on the tennis team at the high school. He had a tennis court in his yard. And after I got the Holy Ghost, you know, he wanted to go play tennis. And I, God had been dealing with me about the way I was dressing in public. And this was just one of those times where I, I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm not going to do that anymore. So I, I agreed to go play tennis. And I was, it was over 100. It was here at the college. And, man, I had full sweats on. Rick was looking at me like, what's crazy you're crazy it says take your sweatshirt off I said, no, I'm good I'm good I'm good I'm good and really I was good because I had no irritants in my spirit because I was rejecting what God had dealt with me about and convicted me over we were drinking buddies Man, we drank, we drank so, drank, we drank so hard. One night he had to drive us home. I don't know how he was going. It was in the snow, slush snow. And the, I, my door was open and I, it was a good thing I had a seatbelt on. My, I was dragging in the snow. I couldn't get back up in the car. It was so bad. It was, it was the worst experience of my life. That and the next morning. I chose the path that I had been led to. He continued down a road that we had both walked before. But that had to come to an end. I couldn't keep walking his road with him. He wasn't interested in the road that I had taken. I have played golf with him a couple of times in the last 30 years but that's it if I could reach him I'd reach him I've tried I've attempted because he was a friend he was my only friend I was a one friend person the Lord is talking to somebody here he wants to help you when you get on the other side of this challenge that is testing you you will become the the freest you've ever been. You will live a life of abundant joy. You will experience the glory of God upon your life, tenting upon you. He wants to help you. He wants to get you to the other side. He knows what's on the other side. He sees what's on the other side. It's time to pull that anchor up. It's time to cut the rope. I'm just trying to help you. This altar's open. If you feel like you want to respond to the Lord, whatever it is that He's saying to you, not my words, His word, to your spirit, let Him help you today. If you've never received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, 
That is His intent to regenerate you. There's a directive from God that says, Repent, which means turn to me. Turn to me. Give your heart wholly over to me. Choose that new direction. Surrender up that old way. Come to me. Come to me. Come higher. Jesus, pray. 
just lift our voices together to the Lord. All of us together, would you just lift your voice to the Lord and let the Spirit of God work through you and pray through you. Let that anointing pray through you. Let it operate through you in prayer. Come on, you've got anointing on you and this is how you exercise it. Like Bishop said, you use it. You've got to use it. Come on, put that anointing into practice for a little bit. Let the Spirit of God that resides in you, let it work through you. You can do that through prayer. You can do that through lifting your voice, letting God give utterance to you to speak the things that He would have you speak. Come on, I believe it right now. There's prayers that are needing to be prayed through this group, through this body. Would you allow the Lord to pray that through you?
Lift your voices to the Lord. Come on. Let the Lord hear your voice. Let him know that faith resides in you. Let him know that faith is in you. Yes, God, I trust in you, Jesus. I believe you, God. I believe your word, Jesus. I believe your word, Jesus. I believe in the power of your spirit.
opportunity here for him to minister strength specifically. I felt that since much earlier in this service, and I believe that if you need strength from the Lord, that he's here to minister it. I'm asking you if you would, every eye closed right now, if you would just lift your hand if you're in need of strength. If you say, Lord, I could use the strength that you would minister to me in my life. This is the moment I believe right now the Lord would do that. If you would, every eye closed and just raise your hand and begin to pray and thank the Lord for it. And he'll, he'll pour it out right now. He'll minister it right now. In the name of Jesus, I pray the impartation, Lord God, of your spirit. God, and those that are weary right now, whether it's in their body or their mind or in their soul, God, I pray the strength of God, the supernatural strength of God. Lord, let it minister to those that are weak. God, let it minister to those that are in need. In the name of Jesus, I speak it right now in Jesus' name. I pray wholeness. I pray healing. God, I pray rest unto their souls. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Would you just thank the Lord for it? Come on. I believe he's done it. Just give him some thanks for it. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Oh, I thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'd like to say one more thing. This is just for us as a church body. As Bishop talked about consecration, where I know we're at the beginning of August and it almost feels like towards the end of summer. And uh, summer in itself oftentimes means a break from routine, a break from our normal daily whatever routine is. And we kind of see that coming to a close with the close of summer. I feel like this is an opportunity for us to consecrate. I'm not, I, I'm not just going to let uh, the rest of this year happen to me. You understand what I'm saying? I'm not just going to let fall come on and then winter and then we'll just see how it goes. No, I, this is an opportunity for us to intentionally consecrate. We don't, we don't know how many days we have left, to be honest with you. We don't know. I wouldn't even be looking at next summer if I were you. I'm not saying that prophetically. I'm saying that intentionally. You don't know how many days you have left. So you can either consecrate and say, the days that I do have left days, weeks, months, Lord willing, the years that I have left, I want to spend them consecrated to the Lord. How do you do that? By making decisions based on the convictions. When the Lord says, you should do this or you shouldn't do that, 
That's an opportunity to consecrate. Okay, I will do that, or I won't do that thing. Amen? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I pray the direction of the Holy Ghost for your people, for us as your children and your body, Lord Jesus. God, I pray that you would speak to us. God, where it's needed, bring these convictions to us so that we know that's your spirit desiring to change us, to be more like you. I pray it in the name of Jesus. I give you my time, Lord. I give you my days, Lord Jesus. I give you what I have, Lord, that you've given to me. I'm consecrating it back to you, Lord Jesus. I speak it, Lord, in faith, and I believe it will work according to your will. It will work according to your plan. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Amen. God bless you all. Go in faith, believing. Amen. Greet one another. God bless you. Remember Tuesday night. This is for everybody. Salad theme. Help us, Jesus. It's going to be great. Amen. In Jesus' name, you're dismissed. <laughs>